Welcome back to episode number 17 of Pop Culture Blast. I'm your host, Danny. I can't believe we're already at 17. 17 is actually my lucky number, so hopefully this is a very lucky episode for me. Um, so in my personal life, nothing much has changed. Just trying to get in the feel for things and spending time with my boyfriend and my friends and my family and all of the above. I also am starting my practicums now because I'm an ECE major. So we have to spend a lot of time over at the schools. And I just had my first day at my reading one. So that was interesting. But I'm very, very excited because I love spending time with children. I love like learning, like how they learn. It's just all very fascinating to me. So anyways, you probably don't want to hear about me. Um, Before we kind of get into the topics of today, I just wanted to mention um, RIP to Queen Elizabeth. I remember when I had found out she had passed away, I was at my work setting. I was setting up a room for the chamber choir here at Ambrose and a guy who is in the music program I don't know him very well but you know we'll talk back and forth and he's like Danny the queen just died and I'm like like are you serious he's like I'm dead serious and I was flabbergasted honestly I know this is probably very dramatic but I thought she was going to outlive me at first (laughs) so you know R.I.P. um should have been Diana instead of Camilla, but we won't get into that because we don't need that negativity right now. There's enough negativity out in the world. We might as well just stay away from it if you get what I mean. So, and then another thing before we kind of get into the topics of today, I'm just going to give you some content warnings. I know some of them are probably... You think they're probably very dramatic, but I don't want to trigger anyone because that would not be cool. I don't like getting triggered, so I like to give these warnings before I get into it. So there will be brief mentions of deaths and serial killers. No, this is not going to turn into a true crime podcast, although I wish. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it. I really like serial killer documentaries and kind of that true crime stuff it's very fascinating to learn about and also like I'm able to you know give my condolences to those who have lost their lives in the hands of serial killers and also like the psychology behind it like how their brain works I always think that's very fascinating as well so but that's not what we're here for so the first topic I'm going to be covering today is Evan Peters is playing Jeffrey Dahmer in a new Netflix series. So if you don't know who Evan Peters is, you're living under a rock. He is very well known as Tate Langdon in American Horror Story. I was in love with him. 
I still kind of am. I think he is a very wonderful actor, and he's done so much for American Horror Story. I think my favorite character he ever played was James Patrick March in Hotel, which was the fifth season. And basically his character was based off of um, H.H. Holmes. And it was, like, very fascinating. Like, you know, he was a killer, of course, but he would only kill people who were violating that. How do I explain it? Like, he would kill them based if they, like, violated one of the Ten Commandments, like, honor mother thy father. And, you know, they don't respect their parents. And he's like, boom, I'm going to stab you. So it was very, very interesting. (laughs) So on September 15th, which was yesterday, actually, um, it was released. The um, official teaser was released. Sorry, I cannot talk. So, and I'm also going to talk a little bit about Jeffrey Dahmer. I had listened to this podcast, and they had a special that was, like, in three different parts. So, I learned a lot about that man. (laughs) And some things that I didn't really want to know. But I'm just going to give you kind of a spark notes of it. I'm not going to go too deep into it. But I I mean, like, I've done my research and everything, but I also don't want to go too, too in depth because it might it might make people uncomfortable. And I really don't want to do that. So with like with Jeffrey Dahmer, he has obviously had a lot of TV shows and films based on him. Uh, One really big one was My Friend Dahmer, in which Ross Lynch, who I love as well, had played Jeffrey Dahmer when he was younger. So now with the new series, which is called Monster, it actually reunited Evan with Ryan Murphy. So Ryan Murphy, he directed like Glee and American Horror Story. So of course, I mean, Evan's been there since the beginning. So I believe they are pretty close. And this like brought them back together since American Horror Story their seasons, they're really spaced out. It's like there's only one season that gets released per year. I don't even know if they're doing another season right now. They haven't put any teasers out, which I'm a little bummed about because I love American Horror Story. It is one of my favorite shows. And, But I was really disappointed with the last season too, the um, Red Tide and Death Valley with like Area 51 and the aliens and with Kaya Gerber's horrible acting. It was not fun. But anyways, I'm sorry. I got very off topic. I'm very passionate about American Horror Story and with Evan Peters as well because like I said, I was in love with him for years. (laughs) And I still am to this day, but I'm like, I can't really love him anymore. My heart is with another. (laughs) But so what? Yeah, so like I said, he was collaborating with Ryan Murphy and Ian Brennan. So there was an interview in April of 2021. This was with Evan Peters when he was in WandaVision. 
and also had talked a little bit about playing Dahmer, he uh, said, quote, you can have all the backstory you want, but at the end of the day, we're not making a documentary. It's more about maintaining the idea and the thorough line of why you're telling the story and always having that as your guiding light. So basically, it's not going to be a true crime documentary because you know Ryan Murphy. It, I mean, if you're a fan like myself, he's very dramatic and likes kind of incorporating history like he did with Death Valley. So like I said, for example, for Death Valley, it was supposed to be President Eisenhower and how he put together Area 51, which, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I know the government likes to hide a lot of things, but it was also very, like, dramatic as well because we really don't know if Eisenhower did put together Area 51 and put aliens in there. So Evan had also said Monster is focusing on more than, you know, just the facts that you hear from a true crime podcast. He says, quote, it's almost a scene by scene, episode by episode, moment by moment basis. So, like, there may be some things like, oh, he did, in fact, do that in real life. And then there's, oh, no, he didn't do that there. But that's okay because it works for the story we are trying to tell. Now, I'm a little concerned about Evan playing Dahmer because I'm going to keep repeating this, but when you have been a fan for so long, you can see like the inclines and declines that Evan had went through. So, you know, in the seventh season of American Horror Story, it was called Cole and it basically takes place after Trump becomes president. And then there's like a huge cult of clowns that infiltrate this town. And then you have a guy with greasy, ugly blue hair who's trying to take over the world and rubs Cheeto dust all over his face and humps the TV. It was pretty traumatizing. But, you know, Evan, he's this very, very sweet guy, or at least I perceive him as, but I don't really know what he's like behind closed doors. But, you know, he's a very sweet guy, very laid back. I mean, doesn't really raise his voice. Whereas in Colt, like he was, his character was horrible, like an awful guy. I mean, like killing people, trying to have a sister engage in some sex ritual for the Messiah baby. Like I, you would have to watch it in order to really understand, or at least read like a synopsis on Google. I don't want to go too much into it, even though it is one of my favorite seasons because I think it scared me the most because, you know, what if that ends up happening? I mean, maybe it won't. It's like the Purge movies. Like you think, oh, that could probably happen, but then it doesn't. So, but I know with Colt, like that role screwed him up. Like he had to go through like years of therapy and... That's why I'm really, really scared about how this declined his mental health. But I know with, like, Colt, it was so bad that he he came back for Apocalypse because Tate Langdon. But then in 1984, he was nowhere to be seen because he was getting help as well because it really took a toll on him. 
And also, there's been other rumors as well that he has a sugar baby and she's like, oh, you need to buy me this, you need to buy me this, and causing a more mental turmoil. I don't know. I was in the fandom. I heard everything, but that's all just hearsay at the end of the day. We don't really know what kind of person Evan is, but I'm just... I am very excited to see this, though, because Evan is a very wonderful actor, and he's really good at what he does. So I'm really looking forward to it. There's no premiere date, unfortunately, but hopefully, possibly in the next episode or so, I would be able to figure that out, because I'm pretty sure some of you would want to watch it as well. But in the meantime, I would just educate yourself about like different kinds of true crime, which... I was going to go into, I'm sorry, I went on a rant. So Jeffrey Dahmer was a very disgusting human being. (laughs) So I'm just going to kind of read kind of a spark notes of it. Like I'm not going to go in depth on how he tortured his victims because I really don't want to do that. So kind of with Jeffrey Dahmer at first, like he wasn't always like, you know, a cold hearted killer. He had a lot of, he would fight himself a lot because he was gay. And, you know, back in that time, you know, being gay was not okay. So he struggled a lot with that. And he had a lot of anger as well because, you know, he wanted to be like, you know, like with a man and a woman, they can hold hands and walk down the street and kiss each other. That's all he wanted to do, you know, with a man. So... And I'm not sympathizing with him. Like, that's obviously very sad, though. But, you know, thankfully now we have, like, pride parades and, you know, there's the LGBTQ community. And, you know, now people are able to express themselves in a way that they would want. So I really like that. So he also was... I think he dropped out of high school because he would always show up drunk. He had a drinking problem. So there was that. And then he dropped out and then he went into the army and was dishonorably discharged because he would show up drunk all the time as well. And um, sorry, I'm trying to remember. It's been a while. But there was that. And then as like because usually with like serial killers they usually have like trauma in their childhood I cannot remember if he had any but I know he would I think he killed animals all the time which is one of like the traits of a serial killer I think it's that and bedwetting and then something else I don't remember but yeah okay so Going back to the childhood thing, I did find something. I'm so sorry. I could not remember, and I wanted to make sure that I was kind of giving you the right information. So he did kind of suffer in his childhood. His mom had suffered from depression and did attempt to unalive herself. His father was very absent because he was quote-unquote, preoccupied with this doctoral work. Then, so Dahmer also had a brother, and he kind of came along when 
Dahmer was five years old. And then throughout the childhood, um, Dahmer resented him as a competitor for their parents' attention. Then also, as well, when uh, Jeffrey was six and eight years old, his family had moved all the all over. And usually there's been a lot of research, like kids who spend so much time moving from place to place, it does weigh on their social-emotional development as well. So they moved frequently before... Finally setting in Bath, Ohio, where Dahmer had lived until he graduated. He did graduate from high school. I think it's he dropped out of college. I am so sorry. I fixed it. I promise. I'm sorry. I know he dropped out from somewhere. Then over like kind of his early childhood, kind of going more deeply into his childhood, uh, the parents fought regularity like very regular so of course like exposure to family violence as well is another factor that Dahmer did face now their relationship actually ended up in a very very messy divorce but what divorce isn't messy (laughs) I'm sorry my parents are divorced I can make that joke (laughs) so There was also, like with allegations with this as well, uh, quote-unquote, extreme cruelty and gross neglect of duty. So kind of moving on from his childhood now, like after he was discharged from the Army. So he was labeled the Milwaukee cannibal, and he had killed and dismembered almost 20 men and boys over a decade period but was finally captured in 1991, and then he was later sentenced to 16 lifetime prison terms. So that's kind of a Spark Notes version of what happened. I'm so sorry I misspoke. I know he dropped out from somewhere, but it was college, I believe, and then he tried getting into the Army, and then he was discharged. It's been a while. (laughs) I think I may need to brush up on my education, but I didn't realize I was going to dive deep into Dahmer but this stuff always kind of fascinates me just kind of how excuse me um like how you know their childhood has an impact on them I mean Dahmer did not have an excuse to kill people I mean there's so many people out there who were I mean went through a lot worse than he did and you know they didn't end up like serial killers but some of them are also just born that way as well. I think that's how Ted Bundy was, I believe. But yeah, um, that was actually kind of fun. Maybe I'll put a little true crime in there sometimes. Maybe. I don't know. I'll think about it. (laughs) Okay, so moving on from this topic before I get way too into it, um, I'm going to be talking about the 2022 Emmys. So... Unfortunately, I wasn't able to watch it. I was going to at first because, you know, obviously that's like uber important. So a lot of things happened. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to go through kind of some moments that I thought were pretty cool just from looking online and everything. So I know everybody was kind of peeved by 
the song and dance opening routine. So if you didn't know, um, Keenan Thompson had hosted it. If you don't know who he is, he's been on SNL for years. Um, Welcome to Go Burger. You know, all of that stuff. Like, he's a very talented man, and I have lots of highly things to say about him. So <clears throat> it was like a mixture of tributes, like to Friends, The Brady Bunch, Game of Thrones, and then Law and & Order SVU and, and all those kinds of things. Um, let's see. I was kind of looking through it, but... There's a lot that happened, so it's, like, hard to, like, kind of go through all of them, if you know what I mean. Um, I know Cheryl Lee Ralph had a very, very good victory. So she was um, – she won the Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series for her role as Barbara Howard in Abbott Elementary. So – she apparently belted Diane Reeves' Endangered Species. So, you know, she has been a Hollywood star for years now, which I'd never really heard about her. But from what I've heard, she is a very, very wonderful woman, and she obviously deserves her award. She is now the second black woman to win in this category after Jackie Harry's 1987 win for 227. So... Yeah, so congrats. She's probably not going to listen to this, but we're just going to say congrats. <laughs> um, Jennifer Coolidge was there. <laughs> so she had, this was her first Emmy, apparently, um, for The White Lotus. So she had said... You, you know, I took a lavender bath tonight right before the show, and it made me swell up inside my dress, and I'm having a hard time speaking. Then as she was walking, the walk-off music started playing. She went and started dancing to it with her gorgeous green dress. I love Jennifer Coolidge. Oh, my God, you look like the 4th of July. Like, she's hilarious. I love her. And, yes, I know that was a horrible impression. Don't judge me. <laughs> then uh, there was apparently a Law & Order SVU gag. So I kind of had heard about this. Um, so Mariska Hargitay and Christopher Maloney were there. And if you don't know, Mariska plays Detective Olivia Benson, and Christopher Maloney had played Detective Stabler. He was in SVU for years, but then... He went into organized crime, which I cannot get through that show. I tried watching it, and I'm like, I can't do this. I don't like this. So instead, I just watched the earlier seasons and stared his butt the entire time. But anyways, um, so apparently they did an almost kiss thing because if you watch the show, like, they have so much sexual tension. It's not even funny. But, you know, they've worked together for so many years, like, they're practically married. <laughs> so, and also with the almost kiss, apparently Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams did it at the MTV Movie Awards years ago. So maybe it was like kind of like a jab at that. I have no clue. So instead, the um, 
both Marishka and Christopher had participated in a skit where they ran behind a masked man who had stolen an Emmy. But then uh, Marishka got to boast about the two trophies she's already won, which is iconic. And she obviously deserves it. <laughs> Let's see. Um, I'm kind of bummed because Bill Hader didn't get anything for Barry. So he was he was nominated for lead actor and outstanding writing and directing for a comedy series. So I'm a little angry about that because I love Bill Hader, but he'll get them sometime and then he's going to rub it in everyone's faces and I'm going to be so happy about it cuz he deserves it. Um also I also noticed another thing as well, kind of from like TikTok and stuff, but everybody wore like white. Like I know Andrew Garfield did and he looked amazing. <laughs> but apparently John Legend did too, so apparently that was like a thing. I know that has nothing to do with it, but you know what? It's fine. It's fine. Okay, let me see what else. Like I said, there's so many. <laughs> So another controversial thing that happened was Jimmy Kimmel was lying on stage during Quinta Brunson's winning. So she was having her winning speech. She was in Abbott Elementary. So she's basically the creator of it, and she had picked up the award for writing a comedy series. And I mean, and obviously, like, she is iconic because she had previously made history as the first black woman to receive three nominations in the comedy category and also receiving nominations for outstanding lead actress in a comedy series and outstanding comedy series so what happened was uh will arnett had dragged jimmy kimmel on the stage before announcing uh brunson as a winner and had talked about how kimmel had lost so many times and apparently he said he just got into the skinny margaritas back there. Then Kimmel just lay there on the floor while she was doing that. But apparently there was somebody who tweeted, quote, Kimmel playing dead on the ground right next to a black woman, accepting her rightful place in the future of TV is such a stinging metaphor. So obviously I think that kind of peeved me off too. I'm not a huge fan of Jimmy Kimmel. I don't know. I'm more, I like Jimmy Fallon a bit better, but like, I don't know. Kimmel seems stuck up. I don't know. But I think that's just Hollywood in general. So, <laughs> um, then Lizzo's winning speech was iconic. Uh, she had won the competition program Emmy for Watch Out for the Big Girls. So, she had said, quote, when I was a little girl, all I wanted to see was me in the media, someone fat like me, black like me, beautiful like me. If I could go back and tell little Lizzo something, I'd be like, you're going to see that person, but B, it's going to have to be you. So I'm very happy for her. She is wonderful and very, very inspiring. And I'm glad we have someone like her for little girls to look up to. Let's see... Uh, there was another big thing that happened, too. So Zendaya made history. <laughs> so she was nominated Best Actress in Drama Series two times in a row 
And she is, I think, the only black woman to achieve this as well. So with this award, she had received it back in 2020 for her character in Euphoria. And she also won one again for her character in Euphoria as well. So she, I absolutely love her. I am very, very proud of her. I remember when she like started on Shake It Up and, you know, she's little Rocky Blue and she's so happy and dancing and like now like, I think it's just so cool. So in her acceptance speech, Zendaya had thanked Sam Levinson, who created Euphoria, and said, quote, for believing in me and even in moments when I didn't believe in myself. My greatest wish for Euphoria was that it could help heal people, and I just want to say thank you to everyone who has shared their story with me. I want you to know that anyone who has loved a Rue or feels like they are Rue, I want you to know that I'm so grateful for your stories, and I carry them with me, and I carry them with her. So <clears throat> I I absolutely love her, and I think she's another, like, a very good model for those girls that look up to her and stuff, both her and Lizzo. They're very, very iconic people and have worked their butts off. So I'm really happy about that. Also, I know there was something circulating all over TikTok. So if you had been checking with the news or looking on TikTok, Leonardo DiCaprio broke up with the girl he was dating when she, I think she is 25 now. And there's always a joke like, oh, if you, like he'll like date someone who's, let's say maybe, let's say 20, for example, she's got five years. And then all of a sudden he like breaks up with her because he's, uh, she's quote unquote, too old for him. So Keenan Thompson made an interesting joke. So, and, you know, with Keenan, like, SNL humor, you know, it's a very acquired sense of humor that I'm learning to get. I don't know. It's, there's some stuff that makes me very uncomfy, and I know that did make me a little uncomfy with the comment I'm going to be talking about in a second now. So, he had said, Zendaya just turned 26. 26 is a weird age in Hollywood. Young enough to play a high school student, but too old to date Leonardo DiCaprio. And, you know, of course, like, Zendaya was, I mean, embarrassed. Like, I'd be embarrassed, too. I'd be like, you're, you think of me as, you know, like that? Like, I know, like, she, ugh, I feel so bad for her. And then there was someone on Twitter who had said, quote, then Leonardo DiCaprio stood up and slapped Kenan Thompson. Oh, wait, that would be ridiculous, <laughs> which I'm pretty sure kind of pokes fun towards um, the whole Chris Rock and Will Smith thing, I think. And, you know, of course, like this whole thing with Leonardo DiCaprio dating very young girls is... Uh, a huge joke within Hollywood, but it makes me uncomfortable because technically I could date him right now, but I would not want to do that because he's old. <laughs> you know, he's not, you know, the really cute guy in Romeo and Juliet anymore. He's like 
old. Like Calvin J. Candy from Django Unchained. <laughs> so <clears throat> with Kenan Thompson making this joke, had marked the second time this year that the actor's dating history was mocked at a major award show. So during the Academy Awards in March, uh, Amy Schumer, who I really don't like, but, you know, I'm going to have to talk about it. So she was a co-host, and she also had made a joke about him as well and said, Leonardo DiCaprio, what can I even say about him? He's done so much to fight climate change and leave behind a clear, greener planet for his girlfriends because he's older and they're younger, which... Honestly, I prefer Keenan's joke. Amy Schumer's just not funny. I'm sorry. I'm I'm all for like, you know, women's rights. I'm a feminist. I get it, but I just don't like her. <laughs> yeah, so what to take from this is that the Emmys were interesting. I feel like all award shows are just very interesting now. Like the one with Chris Rock and Will Smith. Keep my wife's name out your bleeping mouth. And, you know, like the full-on slap. (laughs) But, yeah, but I'm very happy for Zendaya, and she really deserves it because she's wonderful. So, yeah, that was a SparkNote recap of the Emmys. All right, so that's the end of the episode. This podcast was recorded at the studios of KALA-FM, St. Ambrose University. Opinions expressed are not necessarily those of KALA Radio or St. Ambrose University. Thank you so much for listening in. I'm trying my best to get back into the studio and kind of into the swing of things still. I just got over really bad allergies and... I'm in the process of getting my wisdom teeth taken out. Like, there's a lot of things I have to, like, battle with. I'm not getting enough iron, so I'm tired all the time. You know, usual college stuff, you know, and I live on caffeine. But, yeah, but I really enjoy recording this podcast, and I can't believe we're, like, getting close to, like, 20 episodes. I mean, we're at 17, so we only have a few left before we get to that point, but... You know, thank you for listening in and, you know, thank you to those who have supported me through all of this because, like I said, this has been my lifelong dream for years. So anyways, you you don't need my soapbox. Um, I hope you guys listen to the next episode. Um, educate yourselves. Stay hydrated. Make sure you're eating enough. Make sure you're eating enough iron and stay healthy. Bye.